Santorah, the Pasha, which uh, the story of uh, the Torah gives it to the name Israel is told. <coughs> and I would like to uh, uh, speak or think about Shabbat, which is one of the Aseret HaDibrot. It's not so important to us whether B'nai Israel heard the Aseret HaDibrot at that time, in their entirety or their whole part of it, but the Aserta de Brot represents something important. Right? There's something so special importance about those things that were chosen. Even though Chazal uh, uh, tried to impress upon us that we can't, um, we can't think that one part of the Torah is more important than another part of the Torah, but it sort of nags away that there are things that were part of Matan Torah. That happened in this, that today Israel, some information that today Israel received in this parasha, and other information they didn't receive. So it would seem that there's some special importance to the, what we call the Ten Commandments. Although I can't say that I know what that is. <coughs> when it comes to Shabbat, when it comes to Shabbat, I want to, uh, to, to remind, let's remind ourselves of a few things that we should all remember. The first is the pasuk that's missing on this sheet. You see, it starts Perik Perik but pasuk Zion, which inadvertently was left out, says Zachar Yom Shabbat Now everybody should, you know, everybody remembers that pasuk. <coughs> Zachar means remember, and Lekatsho means sanctify it. Now, <coughs> the way we do that. The way we are Zohar at Yom HaShabbat show is we say Kiddush on Friday night. That's how we do it. We announce that it's Shabbat. It happens that there's a special Nusach that the Chachamim created. But the mitzvah in the Torah is to remember that it's Shabbat. And how do you remember that it's Shabbat? By saying it's Shabbat. That's what Kiddush is. Kiddush is the announcement that it is Shabbat. And everybody has to, everybody, men, women, etc., have to, have to, uh, <coughs> perform this mitzvah on Friday night. It happens that one person can do it for many people sitting around the table, but everybody is enjoined to do the mitzvah. Now, the problem with this mitzvah, the problem with this mitzvah of, uh, of Zachor, is that word, Zachor, to remember. If we would try to understand, right, we just try to understand <coughs> what Zachor means in the Torah. Like, what does is, what is Zachor mean? So, if we think about some other Zachor for a moment, like the Pasuk says, Zachor Tashir Salcha Amalek. Right, remember that, that Pasuk? Remember Amalek. Remember Amalek. So it seems that remembering is connected to experience. You can remember what you experience, according to, to the, what the Torah is talking about. I mean, you can remember what you read in the book. <coughs> now, all the Chagim, all the Chagim are times of remembering what you experience. For example, Pesach, you remember Yitziat Mitzrayim, and Sukkot, you remember the Sukkot in the desert. I mean, that's what remembering is. Remembering is 
thinking back to an experience that you had. Now, maybe you didn't have it personally, but you had it, your father, your grandfather, your grandparents, right? You know, generations back, it's a, it's a tradition. You're remembering something that you went through, something that happened to you. And that's so, Zachor, Dasher, Salach, Remember, Amalek means you were there. You were there when Amalek attacked. And you were there when Amalek was repulsed. And therefore, Zachor is a, is a statement about remembering what you participated in. That's what Pesach is. That's what Sukkot is. That's what Chanukah is. And that's what Purim is. It's all about remembering what you participated in. There are no mitzvot <coughs> which tell you to remember things that you didn't participate, that you didn't take part in. And therefore, therefore there's a, a problem with Shabbat. <coughs> because if Shabbat is the time in which it was created by God changing something about the creation. Six days creation, seventh day rest, right? Well, we weren't there. We can't really talk about what we don't know about. We can't really zakhor at Yom HaShabbat. Now, even though Shabbat is mentioned many times in the Torah, <coughs> this point always bothered me. What exactly are we supposed to remember when we say it is Shabbat? Right? What is the Shabbat <coughs> that we're supposed to remember? What, what is happening? Or what happened that, uh, that we're supposed to remember? Zachor et Yom HaShabbat v'Kashor? I don't really understand. But if we look at these sukkim, Adam Arishan was around. Adam Arishan was created at the end of the sixth day of creation. So he, he was there for Shabbat. <coughs> he was there for Shabbat, but he doesn't know. It wasn't an experience. What, what happened on, on the Shabbat? I mean, nothing happened. I mean, how can you distinguish Bria from Menucha when it comes to God? There's nothing. It, it doesn't mean anything. So, God rested on the seventh day. Okay, that certainly is a perplexing uh, statement. How, I, uh, what am I supposed to remember? I mean, how do I remember that God created for six days and rested on the seventh day? I mean, what does that mean? Uh, what does it mean to me? I can understand that that it's it's like you say. Well, we talk about God, but we don't know really what we're saying. That's okay. But if I'm commanded to remember, then I have to remember something that I knew or something that I participated in. There's no other kind of remembering. <coughs> okay. Okay. As a result of of the resting that God did, God He blessed the seventh day 
and he sanctified it. Now, when you say those words in English, blessed and sanctified, one imagines that whoever said it understood what he or she was saying. But I am here to give witness to the fact that I haven't got a clue about what blessing the Shabbat and sanctifying the Shabbat means. What did God do? What is it that I remember? So, <coughs> if you look at Rashi, uh, Rashi, you see Rashi? Mm-hmm. God rested on the seventh day. Rashi said, Kiryachol. You know what Kiryachol means? Metaphorically. And you know what metaphorically means? I don't know what it means. <laughs> you know, that's like, you know, that's sort of cheating. Like, if you see something you don't understand, so you say, oh, it's a code. It means, you know, a kilo of tomatoes, which we understand. So, Kiryachol, it means, it's as though God rested. I mean, since we want to assume that, that God doesn't get weary and tired out, from creating the world, then what pray could Vayanach Vayom Ashvi'i mean? What is it that we could remember? But that's what it says in the Pasuk. Now look at Rashi again. Kiryachol Echtiv Ba'atzmon Menucha Lilameh Eimenu Kalvachome La'adam Now Echtiv is the Hifil form of Katav. He made it rewritten down. So God wrote this in the Torah. Even though it doesn't mean anything, even though it's wrong. Because we know that God doesn't get tired. So how can we say that God rested? So Hechtiv, Rashi says, in order that we should derive a logical extrapolation if it's true for God it should certainly be true for man which is a very strange thing <coughs> that man who does work and gets tired and worn out should have a day of rest according to Rashi Rashi has a theological problem. His theological problem is that the words of the Pasuk don't mean anything. Because how can you say about God? God did it. God tired, got tired out. So what is Rashi, what is Rashi, uh, Rashi sucks an amazing thing. <coughs> and he says, it doesn't matter what happened to God. Nothing happens to God. What matters is that the Torah is showing us how to keep Shabbat. That we should work for six days and we should rest on the seventh day. I'm not going to discuss whether or not you have to really work during six days. That's a different kind of problem. But Vajana, if it's applied to man, <coughs> I have to say slash woman all the time, do I? If it's applied to men, slash women, if it's applied to them, then they can certainly rest. They can get tired. They can wear themselves out. 
So that according to Rashi, according to Rashi, just read this Pasuk in the Torah, and you say, hey, the Pasuk is misleading. Secondly, you say it's meaningless. Thirdly, you say the only way I can make it mean anything is by transferring the Pasuk from a statement about God <coughs> to making the Pasuk include a statement about man. Now this <coughs> is a sort of interesting parashanut, right? But, you know, we all do that. We decide a priori what could be and what could not be. And then we apply our a priori positions to interpretation. Right? We apply our, our, our own positions that we have... Uh, I mean, the Rambam was one of the great experts in this matter. He was able to... He, he just said uh, cavalierly, if the Pasuk disagrees with me, I'll change the Pasuk. I mean, he didn't say it. You know, but he thought it. He said the, the Pasuk cannot disagree with science. The Pasuk cannot disagree with medicine. I mean, areas in which the Rambam was very uh, knowledgeable and expertise, had expertise. So that <coughs> that's true in history. So somebody asks me, okay, somebody asks me, how old is the world? You know, like people ask that question. Mm. Is it a few thousand years old? Or is it a billion years old. So I say, I say, well, as soon as the deciders decide, that will be the answer. It was right now. It may be that there is some doubt as to the methods employed, the way we figure out how old the world is. But eventually, we will come to some sort of conclusion. Just like there was once a time where people weren't certain about whether the earth went around the sun or the sun went around the earth. And if you read the history, the book was just written on this topic by uh, Jeremy Brown, who was once a student of mine, but he escaped <laughs> and became a doctor. And uh, he used to live in a front. He wrote a very interesting book about the history of the Jewish... Uh, 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 sort of a reaction to this discussion about the geocentric or the heliocentric world that we, we live in. Uh, if you have a chance and you're not busy, it's a good read. So, uh, I, mean, I don't know what happened to his patience while he was writing the book, but uh, you know, <laughs> doctors are not just have hobbies. They're always doing because So it sort of prints the hobby option. So this is interpretation, the kind of interpretation that usually... So, so the heel, eventually, like today, most people would not be so surprised if some rabbi said, the sun is the center of the solar system. He would probably not be considered a heretic. <coughs> because it's decided. And since interpretation can always go one way or the other, <coughs> will eventually be true about the age of the earth, the age of the of the created of the created world. So if you you don't know, have to worry about it, it'll be decided. 
So this is what Rashi says about this pasuk. He says it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean a thing. But then Rashi goes on and he says about the second half of the book. That's just talking about the words by Yanach, that God rested. Rashi can't put up with that idea that God rested. Vayanach Vayomashvi, Rashi. Again, I'll read it. God spoke, said menucha, rest about himself, so to speak, in order that we should derive something about man, as though he works hard and he gets tired, that, that Shabbat is the right time to rest. <coughs> That's what you learn from this pasuk. Now, Rashi refers to two other words in that pasuk, and those two other words are uh, uh, what happened to them? <laughs> so, what is Beirach? So Rashi says, Bechol Biman. Man, you remember Man last week's parasha? Man, in English, usually Mana. Bechol Bechol Biman. Lekoflo Bishishi Lecha Mishnah. So what's the bracha? The bracha is that on Friday, there was twice as much of it as on any other day. That's called bracha. Bracha is overflowing. Goodness. A lot of good. Right? Be'chobaman. Be'choflo b'shishi lechem ishneh. Be'kitshobaman. And then the word kadosh also has to do with the man. Shelo aya yoreid po. So every day there was man. Every day there was man. And that man, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, there was enough man for each individual uh, in the camp. Everybody took enough food for himself, for his family, for one day. Right? And then, on Shabbos, on Friday, you took twice as much. Now, if you would take twice as much on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the whole thing would get rotten and disappear. If you took twice as much on Friday... So it was fine. It stayed good for Friday and for Shabbat. <coughs> so that means that as one of the introductions to Kabbalah Torah, and one of the things that happened to B'nai Yisrael in order to prepare them, to make them ready to accept the Torah, was that they learned about Shabbat. If you look, uh, if you look here, Shmot Perik Tezvav, you see the third source? By Yitzhakel Hashem, there was this problem, we said in the time there was a problem about water, and then there was a problem about meat, right? The water was solved because God, uh, because Moshe Rabbeinu got water out of the rock. I'm not talking about that water and that rock in Bamidbar. I'm talking about this water. In, in Beshalach, the water and the rock, and the, so they solved the problem of the water, and the meat was, the problem was solved with slav. 
birds that just, you know, collapsed midair and settled down. And Bnei Yisrael had meat to eat. So the Pasuk says, Ve'yitzakal Hashem, Ve'yoreinu Hashem, Eitz, Ve'yoshnechel Amayin, Ve'yitzakul Amayin. Right? It says like similar, but it's not the same story. The waters got was sweetened by the tree that Moshe Rabbeinu, the wood that Moshe Rabbeinu threw into the water. And then the end of that Pasuk is, Sham, Samlo, there God gave to him Chokul Mishpat. Chokul Mishpat, Chok is Chok, Mishpat is Mishpat. I mean, you know, these are words that one probably means the law and the other one means the judgment. Now we can talk about that as well, but let's not. Let's just look at Rashi. Sham, Samlo, Bimarat. That's the name of the place they were in. Marat. Natan lahem miktzat parashiyot shel Torah. Sheit asku bahem. That God taught Moshe Rabbeinu in Marah, that's before they get to Har Sinai, <coughs> a little bit of Torah. And here in Rashi, that little bit of Torah is Shabbat. Parhadumah v'dinim. Shabbat is Shabbat. Paraduma is the halachot of this red heifer that makes Tameh into Tahor and Tahor into Tameh, right? And the third thing is Dinim, and that's the, the, the laws of the court system and judgment, etc. Now, there are different versions of this Rashi, but all of the versions of Rashi, some contain one set of laws, another set of laws, but all of the versions of Rashi, all the versions of Rashi that I know of, contain the idea of Shabbat. So that means that before they came to Harasinai, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this idea, HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to teach them Torah. <coughs> because if in Harasinai, God is going to say, if in Harasinai, God is saying, do you want it? Do you say it? And we expect the Israel to say, now seven Ishma. Well, they have to say it about something. They, they, they can't be just dodos, you know, and just say, oh, you know, look, I see it's very exciting out here. There's a lot of noise and clouds and fire and, and water and all things going on. Of course, we're in. No. The Torah wanted us to, to imagine that Rene Israel had some knowledge of the Torah, which they then were asked to accept before they received the Torah. And as I tell I say it all the time, the Maharal developed this idea at great length. <coughs> and he said that you can't give something to a person who has no means of accepting it. You know, you can't just give. You know, that's why not all wedding presents are successful. <coughs> like if you give, if you take the presents that you didn't like when you got married and give them to somebody else when they get married, so not always, it doesn't always work. So. <coughs> So here you have it. Sham Sam Lo Chokum Mishpat B'Sham Misal. That means that God told, uh, uh, taught the Nei Yisrael about Shabbat. Now, when did God teach the Nei Yisrael about Shabbat? Of course, in the same parasha, in the discussion of man. <coughs> in the discussion of man, it starts here in Perak uh, Tetzayit. Right? In, in last week's parasha, 
If you look at Perik Yud, Pasuk Yud Bet, Vayhiba Erev, Vatala Slav, at the Chasset, as we finish with the Slav, right? Pasuk Kaf, Veloshem Uel Moshe, Vyatira Nashim, Mimenu Adboke, Vayarom, Tola, Im, Vayiv Ash, Vayiksot, Alehem Moshe. And they collected more man than they were uh, allowed to collect. They're allowed to collect an Omer the Gulgolet. An Omer is a volume measure. I don't know what it is. Gulgolet is a per capita. That's a Gulgolet, right? Your head is called a Gulgolet. It's a, it's a skull. Gulgolet is a skull. The Loshavur Moshe it got wormy and dried out it was unedible by Moshe each person took what they needed the heat of the sun of the desert Melted it. Cook as much as you want and and, and, and uh, prepare as much as you want and whatever's left over just leave it until and you'll eat it tomorrow <coughs> so we say we say that Bnei Yisrael learned about Shabbat Shan Sam Lo Soku Mishpat Raji says Shabbat how did they learn about Shabbat? through the man. They were like, uh, what do you call it? Like living examples. They were in the living theater of, of, uh, of God. Live with God. How do you live with God? You prepare. <coughs> you prepare on Friday twice as much and that food will stay fresh until you eat it all on Shabbat. Whereas on all the other days, Whatever you took was only for that one day. And if you tried to take for more than one day, it would get ruined and, and rotten and uh, rancid. That's what, that's what uh, it says. So again, <coughs> in the Psukim in Yitro, right, you see the first source, Pasuk Chet, Pasuk Tet, those, the Aseret that they brought, start out with the word Zachor. But they don't talk about Zachor. It says, Lo tase kom lacha ta'odin chavitem avdecha damatcha uvedbecha v'gecha shabisharecha. Lo tase kom lacha. We know that Shabbat has two kind of components. There are things you're not supposed to do and the things you are supposed to do. Now, the things you're not supposed to do <coughs> are called here in this in this uh, pasuk. They're called melacha, and we know that we learn the forbidden melachot from the mishkan. 
from the tabernacle. Lametet Belachot, there were 39 Belachot that they did in the tabernacle. We don't do them on Shabbat. So we don't cook them, we don't weave them, we don't write them, we don't, you know, 39. We don't do, we don't do any of those things. But this, but this Pasuk doesn't really tell us how you, what positive things you do about, about Shabbat. And one of the reasons, of course, as we said in the beginning, is that Zachor, Yom Shabbat, we can't even remember. We can't even remember Shabbat because we weren't there. We weren't there when the world was created. We were there at the end of creation. So we certainly could not distinguish the time of creation from the time of Menucha. Besides which, the Rashi has already told us that Menucha, when it comes to Kaddish Baruch, doesn't mean anything. So what could that have been that other Marishon saw? Didn't see anything. You can't see a difference in God because the world is created. So if you turn the page, let's go back to Breshit. I assume that this is familiar. It finished. Behold, Tzavam, everything in the heavens and running around in the world. By Echal, using that word again, Elohim Yom Hashim Lachto Hashasah. By Shvot, by Yom Hashim, Kom Lachashasah. Okay, that's what it says. What does Rashi say? Meaningless. This is a meaningless statement. Because it's meaningless for us to think that I know what Asah means. What it means that God created something, and what it means that God rested from creating something. Now, neither of them mean anything. Now, look at Pasukim. It's familiar, right? We just read the same Pasuk in, 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 uh, in Yitro. Okay, we'll get to that in a minute. But it says, Right, that's what God did for for Shabbat. So now, <coughs> you see Rashi, pasuk gimel, Rashi pasuk gimel. Be'chovaman, she called him on the Shabbat ayayurayin lahem omer legulgolet. All the days of the week, you can only take an omer's worth, right, for each per capita. <coughs> But on Friday, they took twice as much. Teach of a man. You ever see such a thing? This pasuk is about the future. Even though it says, by Kadesh at the end of the creation, at the end of the creation, all the creation is Perak Aleph. This is the beginning of Perak Bet, which summarizes the creation that it was finished, it was done, God did it, and then God rested. Even though, <coughs> even though that's what it says, and it says by Kadesh that God blessed the world, the Shabbat, and sanctified it. Along comes Rashi and Rashi says, no, no, those words don't mean anything in context. Nothing. Because they are about the man. And the man will not take place for thousands of years. 
But this pasuk is about the man, which God did not create during the six days or seven days of creation. So Rashi says, Hamikra katuv al shem ha'atid. And what does that mean, Hamikra katuv al shem ha'atid? It means that it doesn't have any pshat. I mean, pshat means that it makes sense if you read the words together. If you read the phrases one after the other, you can make sense of them. Rashi says you can't make any sense. And sometimes Rashi says, there's no pshat, we need Agadah. We have to look into Chazal to find a more creative interpretation. Because the words don't make any sense. So Rashi says, Al Shem Ha'atid. There was no Vayivarech. There was no Vayivarech in, on that Shabbat. There was no Vayikadesh on that Shabbat. Because those words are meaningless if they are expressing a relationship between God and the created world. I mean, what difference would it make to God? <coughs> That Shabbat should be Vayivarech, Vayikadesh. Why shouldn't Tuesday? Tuesday actually is given a little credibility. What about Wednesday? What's Shabbat? What's the Vayivarech, Vayikadesh? So Rashi says that it has to do with the man. And we've already understood. What have we understood? What is the man? <coughs> the man is the explanation of the Kiyum of Shabbat. Kiyum, you know, to, to actually do the Shabbat. How do you do the Shabbat? Well, how do we do the Shabbat today? We cook the food on Friday, and we eat it on Shabbos. Isn't that what we do? And we, what? We what? Well, what? Blessing and Kiddush have eaten. That's Shabbat. <coughs> no. Blessing and Kiddush means that you get it for free. You, you don't do anything to get it. I mean, I know it's, it's, a, it's a metaphor, but it's closer. It's not like that other metaphor. <coughs> In other words, what's bracha? Bracha man is an abundance. Abundance like the man. You just got it. It was that you didn't do anything. You don't do anything on Shabbat. Well, I mean, in a matter of speaking. <coughs> I mean, you cook the food on Friday. And you just let it alone. Now, you don't do that during the week. During the week, you know, even if you cook with a crock pot, you usually do it on the same day. Only on Shabbat do we eat food that is not prepared on Shabbat. Oh, I know about salads and what's that. I know. But like be a little uh, uh, um, merciful in this, uh, this shot. So bracha. Bracha means an abundance. You just get it. You don't have to, you don't have to think about buying it and fixing it and making it and preparing it. You don't have to think about all the, the Shabbos. <coughs> it just comes off the plot and it's there. But you didn't make it on Shabbat. That's called bracha. <coughs> That's called bracha. And kedushah, you know, in this case it means the same thing. So that, that the Shabbat 
for us began in the desert. Shabbat didn't begin when God created the world. <coughs> and even though, even if someday we'll figure out what it means to say that Kadesh has something to do with God, we'll figure it out. But that's not what the Torah enjoins us to keep. When the Torah says, Yom HaShabbat it's referring back to a memory. The memory of the man, just like all the Zachor in the Torah, refers to a memory about which we say we were participatory. We call it up from inside of ourselves. And we said also that this can't be true about Shabbat because we weren't there. And we don't remember it. But we were there in the Midbar. <coughs> when God fed us miraculously with the man. And yet, even though <coughs> nobody could imagine that there's a, a prohibition, even though the, 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 the commentaries... <coughs> wonder about how far away they had to walk on Shabbat or if they would have walked or that there was a, a Tchum Shabbat which prevented them from walking out <coughs> but you see that the memory that we have of Shabbat is that we do it on Friday and in a, a way this is the proper metaphor this is why we could never have said this on our own but since the Torah tells us that this is the metaphor of Shabbat, so we know what we should do, that, that we prepare for Shabbat, and we let Shabbat happen. And that's the bracha and the kedusha of Shabbat. So Zachor at Yom HaShabbat, the Kachor means halachically, remember that today is Shabbat. But in a kind of different way, we remember how we learned about Shabbat how we were introduced to Shabbat. And that took place, that introduction to, that learning about, took place when the Jews went into the desert <coughs> and they had to confront man. And HaKadosh Baruch differentiated the man that they used during the week, including Friday, from the man that they ate on Shabbat. And HaKadosh Baruch said, you can eat you can only collect a daily amount of man, but Friday is a special day. <coughs> it's the day that enables Shabbat to happen. <coughs> and the day that enables Shabbat to happen, that day, that day is, is Shabbat. That is what Shabbat is. So that Vayivorech, Vayikadesh in Breshit, Rashi says, we can't really understand what that means. Which is not the same as saying it's not true. But I don't understand it. There's a truth here that I'm not able to comprehend. But as far as I am concerned, the bracha, the kedushah of Shabbat, became comprehensible to me. And all the other Jews, of course, in the desert, <coughs> became comprehensible to me when... God started bringing the man into the camp and had these restrictions about Yom Shishi, the days of the week, and Shabbat. 
So Zachor at Yom HaShabbat Lekadjel may mean how do you remember Yom HaShabbat? How do you drag up an experience that you had, which you had, which connects you to Shabbat? I think that that's the man. Because when God gave the man to Berei Yisrael, they were keeping Shabbat. And it's as though God said, look, I know you can't remember the creation, but this you can do. You can prepare for Shabbat and then see the bracha, the kedusha in the day of Shabbat. Okay. Have a good chance. I'll spare you any more of my courses. <laughs>